0: welcome back everybody um today's episode we're gonna get into in just a second but Haley what's been going on how's your week been
1: oh gosh my week has been good I recently started taking my dog to doggy daycare so I'm one of those people now Oh, mm -hmm. I've heard about those Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but she loves it oh good and I don't have other dogs so I felt like I was being neglectful and not letting her play with other dogs so I took her out there, and she absolutely loves it. That's awesome. Get so, the socialization. Yeah, and she's exhausted, so when I pick her up, she just sleeps, which is great for me.
0: Well, that'll be great when we do our podcast next time, when we yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, we'll have to do it on like a Friday, so I can take her to <laughs> take care. Sounds good, <laughs> so she'll be passed out. Ah.
0: Well, and I'm just sitting here, um, you know, munching on this uh, breadstick from the Olive Garden. Nice. Which, by the way, this is not a sponsorship, but eventually, you know, when we get bigger, Olive Garden, if you want to sponsor us.
1: Hit us up. I love some pasta.
0: Oh, my gosh. You don't even know.
1: Like, could I eat mean, pasta all the time.
0: Now, it did take about an hour and a half from the time that we put in our order, but they it's were true. so busy. You know why? It's delicious. It is delicious. It.
1: It's It's so good. Yeah. Love the Olive Garden.
0: I, same, same. (laughs) So, let me put down my breadstick.
1: Okay. Has there been anything crazy in your week?
0: Um, nothing too crazy or too extreme, you know. Just enjoying that, you know, Italian uh, feast from the Olive Garden.
1: Mm, Always a good time. Hit us up, Olive Garden. Just saying, (laughs) just saying.
0: All right, Haley, would you like to hear a little story? Yeah, yeah, I guess. okay. So, this story takes us to April 1990. Okay. Let's talk about what was going on in the world in 1990, or at least in the U.S. Let me know. Well, at least in the world. Let's talk about that. Okay. So, the number one song um, at this time was Love Will Lead You Back by Taylor Dane do you know that one
1: not a freaking clue you know every
0: time i say this and i say the popular song i'm like Haley, do you know the one no Haley, do you know that one no there's got to be a week where you know it
1: there will be eventually okay. i at least knew the artist of the last one you did okay
0: you don't know taylor dane no really no <laughs> love will lead you back no no okay not not at all so you know we'll get oh, there all right one day one day <laughs> all right you guys so there was a prison riot in manchester uk um at a place called strange ways prison very interesting love that so this riot ended up lasting three weeks and three days Jeez. which was the longest prison riot in british history
1: that yeah that's a long
0: time it's a long time and back in the u.s the 1990 census had begun Mm. and at this point there were 248,709,873 873 residents in the
1: united states that's a lot of people it's a lot of people
0: it's a lot of commas a lot
1: of, yeah. yeah i'm impressed that you got all that out good job oh thank you i messed up a lot oh no i'm i'm a pro <laughs> pro with the numbers
0: <laughs> pro with the numbers so, do you want to know what was going on in South Carolina?
1: I don't know if I do, but I bet you're going to tell me.
0: Pretty much. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. why we're here. Yeah, let me know. Okay. So, because you're curious, I will tell you. Okay. So, April 4th, 1990, in Greenville, South Carolina, a 28-year-old by the name of Genevieve, she went by Jenny Zitricki, um, was on the phone with one of her girlfriends. This is about 8 p.m. at night. Okay. 8 9 p.m her girlfriend is saying you know hey i was thinking about maybe 10 o'clock coming over hanging out um so they're talking and then her girlfriend says you know what i'm just kind of tired would you be okay if i just didn't come over so jenny says no nah, it's totally cool listen I'm, I'm gonna go to bed yeah no worries we'll we'll chat later so she hangs up with her friend and she goes to bed so that's the last time anybody sees jenny oh wow So, um, fast forward to the next day, she doesn't show up for work. Okay. So a little history on Jenny. Jenny was from the Midwest. She had a degree in computer science. Very Mm -hmm. smart girl. Um, she was married. She and her husband actually moved down to Greenville together. They were married for about seven years, um, but after their move, They just kind of had those irreconcilable differences, and they decided to divorce. Okay. So Jenny, being recently divorced, was sort of enjoying her newfound freedom. Yeah. Um, She was making lots of friends. She loved to go to the pool and hang out. Mm. Um, She also um, was over the softball team, like a women's softball team, and she was just really engaged in different social events. People kind of expressed that she was a social butterfly they loved being around her she was very joyful a very kind person um jenny was um average height beautiful girl dark hair dark curly hair mm. um she had a perm very common at the time nice yeah love a good yeah, perm absolutely so she doesn't show up to work on april 5th her co-workers mm. think it's a little odd um but they thought oh well maybe she's sick okay Fair. The next day, April 6th, which is a Friday, she still doesn't show up for work. Mm. By this point, you know, her coworkers, they know her to be very dependable. Right. So, Jenny worked as a computer programmer in the payroll department at the Michelin North America headquarters. Oh, wow. She actually, she and her husband had moved down to South Carolina so she could take this role.
1: Oh, good for so, her.
0: So, exactly. And she was living in an apartment complex uh, where other professionals around her age was living. So, nice. a very, very nice um, apartment complex um, called the Hidden Lakes Apartments. Okay. So, anyway... Co-workers didn't hear from her, thought it was very strange. Mm-hmm. So one of her colleagues called the manager at the apartment complex. Um, and she said, you know, hey, we haven't seen Jenny in two days. She hasn't showed up for work. We haven't heard from her. We've tried to call her. Would you mind just like going and checking? Yeah. So manager knocks, doesn't hear anything. So he opens the apartment door. He goes in to find the apartment ransacked. Though, oh. And he sees blood. Oh, and before going any further, he decides I gotta call the cops.
1: Good, good on him.
0: Absolutely, good move. Absolutely. So he runs and calls nine one one. Cops come. When they come into the apartment, um, they go into the bedroom and they find blood all over the sheets. Um, They find clothes everywhere drawers had opened it looked like someone had just completely gone through and torn the whole place up mm. and then they see drag marks blood drag marks on the carpet going from the bedroom through the hallway into the bathroom
1: oh i don't like this this is going yeah
0: so they enter the bathroom and in a bathtub full of water they see jenny She has leotards and pantyhose wrapped around her neck. She's been posed to where her arms are behind her back um, and her legs are kind of spread up on the tub. Hate that. Yes. She looks like she's been beaten. um, So cause of death isn't quickly determined just based on the state of the body. They also find that her wallet is floating in a pool of water in the kitchen sink. Hmm. And when they start to look around, there's nothing really... Things have been disturbed, but nothing's been stolen.
1: So it looks like someone just came through and like threw all our stuff around, but didn't actually take anything? Right. That's weird.
0: And it would appear that the perpetrator <clears throat> was trying to get rid of any physical evidence. And that's why they were thinking... He threw her body into the water.
1: Uh, okay, that makes sense exactly.
0: So, heinous crime. The investigators who were looking into this crime were horrified. Um this is one of the worst they stated that they had seen. Oh, wow. So when they contacted Jenny's family, Jenny's father was actually receiving cancer treatment at the time Mm. uh, when he got the news. And Jenny was born on his 30th birthday. Oh. Um, And they shared a really special connection. They were always very close. So the news was devastating to him. Um, And he actually passed away a month after she did. Oh, So, this was very, very hard on the family, and they wanted um, so much for this case to be solved. And find a perpetrator, as did the officers who were investigating this crime. So, looking at all the possibilities, they first wanted to look at her ex-husband. He seems like the most likely, obviously, because...
1: It's always the ex-husband.
0: Well right so they were recently divorced mm-hmm. he lived in the same apartment complex oh, wow. with his current girlfriend wow so you know from what friends said they would see each other they were amicable but it wasn't okay. like they hung out with each other
1: right they weren't like besties
0: right they weren't actively seeking out right was kind
1: of a like not across the parking lot like See each other in passing. Good morning. How are you? Exactly. Exactly.
0: So things I do want to state that when the autopsy happened, um, they determined that the cause of death, because they were very confused about the cause of death, Mm. they determined that the cause of death was actually strangulation. However, there was blunt force trauma to the back of her head, which actually cracked open her skull. And they also found that she had been raped. So it is believed... That an intruder came in the back door of her apartment while she was sleeping, probably not long after she hung up with her friend. Right. He hit her over the head with some object, raped her, Ugh. and then strangled her with her pantyhose and leotard, and mm. then dragged her body into the bathtub in, in hopes of getting rid of some of the biological evidence.
1: What if her friend had come over? Exactly. Like, what if she I had been about there? That too. Oh my gosh. Right? crazy so even though
0: the perpetrator thought okay i am going to be really clever about this mm-hmm. I'm gonna, you know try and destroy evidence there was still dna that was left in the body heck yeah so they were able to even though dna wasn't a big thing at that point they were right. able to salvage a small amount which they just kept in the evidence
1: okay storage good on them
0: exactly very very smart you yeah know? Um, they also were starting to think, okay, so we've got the husband who's a potential suspect Mm -hmm. or the ex-husband in this case, but it also seemed like someone who was this premeditated and cagey about it. Someone who was thinking about being cautious, destroying evidence, Mm -hmm. trying to get rid of fingerprints. Um, maybe it's someone who worked in law enforcement Mm. or the military. Good thought. Exactly. So they kind of pursued all those possibilities. Well, when they brought in the ex-husband, he was devastated by this crime Mm. and said, you know, no, I have an alibi. I was here. And there are many other people that said, no, he was here. I saw him.
1: And I mean, he's married to her for seven years. Right. And it sounds like the divorce was amicable. Right. So, I mean, you don't, you're not married to somebody for seven years and then just stop, you know, caring about them. Exactly. Exactly yeah that's sad yeah so
0: he was ruled out as a suspect and they kept this going for a while in hopes of trying to figure out who this could be and of course the apartment complex is terrified yeah you know um who wouldn't be so what's interesting is as the story goes along the case
1: goes cold uh I hate it when that happens. I
0: do, too. And unfortunately, other cases happen, and this kind of gets pushed to the back. Burner. Yeah. Well, luckily, in 2006, a cold case unit is opened up. Okay. And they decide that they're going to reopen this case. Wow. Yeah. Good. So... In 1990, when the case happened, there really wasn't a place for this DNA to be put to to try and figure out who it belonged to, right. necessarily. We didn't have the science behind it, but in 2006, they did. Mm. So they uploaded the DNA that they had, which was a very small amount, mm-hmm. um, into the system known as CODIS. Kay. And this is the database where offenders who go into prison, their DNA is actually extracted and put into the system so that anybody who has, you know, been um convicted of a crime their dna is in the system okay so they had the hopes of oh my gosh we could get a hit because chances are this person's pretty methodical right
1: he may have done probably this in the before.
0: yeah it didn't match anybody bummer exactly and it's excited. so frustrating mm. it didn't match anybody but it did match other crimes oh uh, So a hit was made on a crime that happened in Missouri in 1998. I have chills. Absolutely.
1: Oh. So, are
0: you all right? No,
1: tell me more. I'm so I'm invested now.
0: So there was a mother-daughter who lived in Porgesville, Missouri, and I hope I say that right. I'm so sorry if I butchered that.
1: Sorry, Missouri. Sorry, Missouri
0: um sherry and her daughter megan mm. sherry Sherer, and her daughter megan uh, megan was 11 years old at the time uh they were home alone cooking dinner uh the husband and son actually had gone out to work together that day okay um and so they were cooking dinner actually the husband and son on their way home uh there was a wreck and so mm. traffic was way backed up and so they called and said listen we're it's going to take us a while
1: to get Yeah, we're running late
0: so, in the time that it took them to make that call and then get home, the son came in. His name was Steven at the time. He was 15. And he came in and he found his mother and sister in the living room, dead.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yes.
0: So, it was discovered that um, an intruder had come in, shot mom three times oh. in the head um, at Point Blank Range. Um, and the daughter, Megan, had been raped. Ugh. Oh. She had been found in a bing chair sitting near the fireplace without any bottoms, any underwear on, oh. just a top on. Uh, she had been posed, and she had been shot in the temple, and she had been shot um, in another place in the body. Oh, no. Yeah. So, how devastating for the family, the son, to find this. Yeah. Right? So, again, they didn't know who the killer was. They did some ballistics testing, so they had that at least. About two and a half hours later, um, in Tennessee, so about 45 minutes down the road over the border in Tennessee, a call is made, a 911 call, from a woman saying, um, a man just shot me. What? Yeah. Yeah, so here's where this story takes another twist. So, in Tennessee, a lady at night is coming home, and a man stops her. She's got groceries. A man stops her and says, oh, excuse me, ma'am, can you give me directions to such and such road? Never
1: give anyone directions.
0: Right. And he gets out of the car, and she says, I'm sorry, I don't even know what road you're talking about. And he said, well, let me get my map out of the car. Maybe you can help me. Show me where I am. I'm just been lost.
1: never help anyone.
0: (laughs) 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 I mean let's not say don't help anybody but you know if if they're creepy and you know if it
1: is a dark road at night and some man asks you to help him with anything say yeah. no just say no just say just no say no
0: so he goes to his truck or actually excuse me it was a van so he goes to his van and he's getting the map out even worse and there is something in
1: her that
0: just gets this bad feeling and he comes back and he said, well, I didn't find the map, but I did find this gun.
1: Hate that so right, much.
0: Right? 22 caliber. Yeah, which was the same one that had been used in a the crime that happened in Missouri. And she so instinctively and so quickly starts fighting with him.
1: Good on her.
0: She actually is able to physically push him backwards. It gives her enough time to get in her house and lock the door. Good for her. So she, he's still there, though. Oh, my God. So she happens to have a shotgun or a rifle right right up on the wall. So he gets it up off the wall, and she points it at him. So now it's a showdown. Dang. And she's ready. He actually fires and shoots through the door, and it actually gets her um, in the upper arm. Man, and I guess that sort of scared him off. So he drives off, runs away. She, in the meanwhile, calls nine one one. Yeah, she's able to give police a very good description of this individual. Good. He's a man who's pretty short. He's reported as being between five five and five six, which for a man
1: that's that that's is short. short. Yeah. shorter than me.
0: Yeah. That's around my height, actually. <laughs> so that's funny. Uh, he was a man probably mid-40s and had gray hair. He was okay. also wearing glasses. Think about uh, like the office Dwight, Dwight Schrute kind of glasses. <gasps> okay. Okay. So they're on the manhunt. They're trying to find this guy before he attacks again because they're like, this is, you know, oh, my gosh. Now, they're able to take the ballistics from the murder that happened in Missouri mm. of Sherry and Megan. And find out that that is the exact same gun. Yeah. Wow. Same bullets. Um, because they take out the bullet of the lady who was shot in the arm. Yeah. And they match the two. And wow. they say, oh my gosh, this is the same guy.
1: So he moved fast.
0: He moved very fast. That's crazy. Absolutely. Now, here's the thing about all three of these murders. Or, well, and that one attempted murder. Is that there isn't a lot that's really in common about them. They were all in different places yeah you know the only kind of commonality is that there was a rape that occurred in at least two of them yeah
1: and probably the third if he had right got the chance Exactly, yeah.
0: uh same kind of gun um but the first murder there wasn't a gun there was strangulation and she was beaten although she was hit over the head with a blunt force uh had blunt force trauma with some kind of object we yeah. don't know it could have been a gun maybe um, so, but just the, the whole thing was very different. They think that in the first crime, the the officers feel like he was in the house a long time. Mm. He was probably in her house an hour
1: or two. Oh, God.
0: Meanwhile, at the crime that happened in Missouri, they feel like he was in the house a very short time.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, for them to, for the father and son to get home.
0: From the time that they made the call? Yeah. I mean, a very short amount. Of time. Yeah. So... All these crimes were very different. So they thought, you know, they were puzzled. Hmm. Is this really um, the same guy? Like, are we getting, I mean, the DNA doesn't lie, but is there something that we're missing here? This Hmm. just doesn't make sense. So finally, uh, they decided after years, by 2018, it was still cold. They hadn't found anybody wow, that long. Exactly. So they're like, "Okay, he must he he's a repeat offender, but he's obviously not been incarcerated." Right. He's, he's smart enough to caught, stay out. Yeah. Which is terrifying. Yeah. So, they send his DNA to a place called Parabon. Mm. Have you heard of Parabon?
1: Yes, because I am a huge true crime podcast fan and I've heard other podcasts where they talk about this place.
0: Yes. Parabon is an amazing place in Virginia, Wow. and they do a lot of forensic DNA testing. Hmm. So essentially, uh, they take the DNA and they upload it to something called GEDmatch. So GEDmatch is where people who do like Ancestry and uh, 23andMe, mm-hmm. they will upload it to GEDmatch so that they can find relatives, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so, and, and you know, people who are adopted, you know, right, do it that way right. to try and find loved ones. Anyway, so they take that DNA profile and they upload it to Genmatch in the hopes of, okay, if we can't find this man, maybe we can find who he's related right. to and start narrowing it down. So a lady by the name of CeCe Moore, have you heard of her? I haven't. So she's got this show, and yeah, I'm going to promote it because I love it. I'm obsessed yeah. with it. It's called The Genetic Detective.
1: I've heard of the show. I haven't oh, seen it.
0: You? It's on Hulu. got to watch
1: it. Okay, okay. I'm anyway, adding it to my list so good. currently. Please do it.
0: So Cece Moore um, actually takes the genetic profile and she builds the family tree. First, she works backwards in time to see like what the links are. So who are the great grandparents? And then she works forward in time. Hmm, Okay. She was able to isolate exactly who this person was. Whoa. And she came up with the name of a man named Robert Brashers. Okay. So they're like, okay, this is him. We've got to look for Robert Brashers. So they're looking for him. And they can't find him. Hmm. He's not in prison. They, you know, turns out that in 1999, Robert had stolen a truck. He had his wife and two daughters with him. Oh. And he was holed up at a hotel or a motel. And there's a standoff with the police. He won't come out. He ends up killing himself.
1: What? Yes.
0: In the hotel room people think that maybe he was thinking oh they're on to me about some of these murders rather than just the stolen
1: vehicle yeah so he
0: decided to take take his own life
1: okay well
0: so in order to ensure that it was him and, and maybe not possibly someone else uh, they actually exhumed his body whoa yeah got permission exhumed his body and took some of his DNA uh, that was still usable they compared it to the DNA from the crimes. And all three matched. That is wild. Robert was the killer. Crazy. Yeah. And Robert had a long history. He had uh, raped a girl who was 14 years old in 1998. Um, He just sort of went from place to place. He had actually done time in 1985 for a crime. He got out in 1990 right before Mm -hmm. he murdered Jenny. And he was led out of prison right before they started taking DNA samples. Of
1: course he was. Exactly.
0: And he hadn't been caught after that. So his DNA was not in the system. I tell you what, this story fascinated the fire out of me.
1: That is crazy. It it is so
0: interesting. That was a
1: wild ride.
0: Absolutely, right? Um, And so grateful that for these families, they have some, you know a sense of peace and even though you know he never saw um a prison sentence or yeah you know any sort of punishment um you know
1: i mean at least the families kind of have the closure of knowing exactly. who it I was i think it would be worse never knowing yeah
0: and also yeah. scary what if they come back you know that's yeah like what if they do
1: this again that's, absolutely oh my gosh absolutely so oh.
0: that is my whoo Really crazy story from Greenville, South Carolina in
1: 1990. Greenville. Yeah, right? So close. Yeah, it's like right over the... Yeah. It was a hop, skip, and a jump. Right. From here. That's crazy. Exactly.
0: Whew. So, um, Haley, what are you going to tell us
1: about next week? Oh, man. It's a doozy. (laughs) So, we are going to travel to West Virginia next week, and we are going to talk about... A double homicide that is technically unsolved. Ooh. So lots of twists and turns Was in it that one, too. Fitzgerald? You know what? sitting by it definitely was not oh, okay no, <laughs> no 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 that was one of
0: the theories no
1: it's oh, uh okay. no there are some theories but it's not Fitzgerald you know
0: that that's now gonna be our thing
1: right like, Fitzgerald everybody's gonna you know yeah
0: people are gonna see us and be like is it Fitzgerald
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, maybe I mean I would love to find some more crazy Fitzgerald stories that would be pretty cool so I think we should definitely cover at least the story of his wife Zelda because oh my gosh man what a fascinating lady and story no kidding crazy crazy times thanks for hanging out with us today yeah yeah thanks for joining us for this um feel free to send us an email to mountainmysteries.appalachian at gmail.com share your stories give us some case suggestions or Just say hi, we're here. Let us know your own F. Scott Fitzgerald theories, and maybe they'll make it into an episode.
0: Let us know that you're real. I mean, we see the downloads from different places, and you know... Hey, we appreciate it. We do. But, you know, hey, just send us an email. Let us know you're real, um, you know. Just yeah, like, that I, it's not
1: just like bots out there.
0: Right, right. You know, you, what is that thing that you have to like um, click the boxes, like find oh, yeah. all the road signs. Yeah, I am, I am not, not, a, not robot. a robot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Please just just send us an email. Let us know you're not a robot.
1: Please. I mean, and if you are a robot, you can send us an email as We're well. We're not opposed. No. we Don't we have to discriminate on this podcast? No,
0: exactly. I like your podcast
1: that'd be great <laughs> oh well if you are feeling jazzy you can also follow us on facebook at mountain mysteries tales from appalachia and follow us on instagram at mountain mysteries and we will see you next week hit us up we'd love to hear from you bye guys bye